Welcome to Everyday Impact, a life tree podcast inspiring you to take Jesus into your everyday life. My name is Jessica Jean, and I will be joined later by my co-host, Will, after his conversation with our senior pastor, Caleb Friesen. Caleb is going to be talking about his experience in discovering his calling and learning to walk it out today. I believe that God's going to use Caleb's story to increase your hope and encourage you as you live out your own unique calling with faithfulness and purpose. Let's take a listen and see what he has to say. Right, so I'm joined today on Everyday Impact by my guest, Caleb Friesen. Hello, hello. Hey, Caleb. So Caleb, uh, you are the pastor of Life Tree Church, the a visionary leader. Um, you're a husband, a father, you're a business owner. Uh, but along the way, there's this rich story, as in everyone, that I want to unpack with you because I believe that there's some um, examples and some ways that are going to ex- inspire us for our own lives. Sounds good. So would you like to take me through your story? Where, where did it all start? Well, I uh, came out of the womb on June 13th, 1980. <laughs> uh, yeah, my story grew up in a Christian home. Um, parents who were very passionate in their walk with God raised me. Um, very real walking out their faith is what I grew up around, uh, whether that be you know, the prophetic gift that would operate in their lives, mm-hmm. um, the stories I would hear from that, uh, the loving on people who were coming out of, you know, broken situations, living in our home, things like that. Yeah. Um, my parents were just really pursuing Jesus with their lives, always have been throughout my whole life. Uh, their story, you know, really got started with Jesus in a serious way shortly before I was born. And... So that's the context that I grew up in. And when I was a teenager, you know, went way off the rails into a real destructive lifestyle with partying and drugs and that whole scene. And in those years, I, you know, I don't even still to this day fully understand all that led to me making those decisions. There are some things, but we're not going to unpack that today. But even in those years, I had an awareness of God being real, mm, God wow. being active, involved in our lives because of what I was seeing with my parents. So that was always present and a part of my view of the world, but following Jesus and you know putting faith and trust in him was just kind of on the shelf, like, oh yeah, maybe yeah. later in life I'll, I'll engage with that. Um, yeah, I but, think that uh, just to interject, yeah. there's something... Uh, encouraging about hearing that because I think a lot of people, maybe some who are listening, might be in the middle of that story with someone that they love where there's this period of time where a relative is or a child or maybe a loved one is is kind of going off on their own rebellious streak. Totally. But we're looking at the story. That's the theme of of this year for us is story. And to take a step back and see, okay, um, God's going to do something through this. And, And that's clearly what he's done in your life. Totally. And so I was like, you know, grew up with this awareness of God, but not really living it. And as I was coming out of my teens, um, my my dad gave me a word that was really about as I become an adult, 
you know, starting to experience more consequence for mm-hmm. my choices coming out from under their covering, so to speak. And in that season, uh, I started having, you know, sobering thoughts about the path I was on and where it was headed. And mm-hmm. in that time, it was spring break of uh, year 2000, I got invited to go with my parents on a ministry trip that they were going on down to Georgia. And my dad was going to be preaching in a friend's church uh, while they were down there, and they just invited me to tag along, so I did. Mm-hmm. And um, I was in a meeting with my with my parents, and my dad was speaking, and he was talking about the unity of the church and the power of that. And I remember having this experience that you could call it a vision. Um, you might even... Like it felt like an out of body experience. That's yep. what it felt to me. And my parents retell seeing me in the back of the room while this was going on and having just this like clear awareness Caleb is not here. It looked like I was in a trance, is the way they described it. Wow. And what I saw was I saw this picture of this large rock above the earth and then it came it hit the earth and it scattered into pieces all over the planet and I had this awareness that that is the church the church all comes from this one rock and we all you know we're all essentially one in our origin and now mm-hmm. you know having walked with God and been more immersed in the scriptures we know that that rock is Jesus and as the uh, this vision went on, I saw this huge crowd of people from all different nationalities gathered. It was, you know, probably pushing a million people. And there was a, a large stage and there was this white light all around the scene. And I knew that this crowd I was looking at represented the body of Christ globally. Not to say that it was in its entirety, but mm-hmm. just all these different people coming together out of a love for Jesus and this, you know, moment of unity. And and I felt this strong awareness as I was seeing this vision was uh, God just saying, like, you're going to see this in your life and you're going to be a part of this. And wow. whether that's an event I'll see someday in my life or whether that's just re- representative of um, having, you know, a voice to get to speak to this large portion of the body of Christ. I don't know, but there was just in that moment at 17 years old, seeing that this strong sense of God saying to me, I have a bigger purpose on your life than what you're doing with it right now. You know, at that time I was just partying and I was selling drugs and I was being a, being a crazy teenager, wasting away my life. And God really hit me with just this sense of purpose and calling Mm. and i've got more for you than this and yeah there's other stories i could tell during this kind of first six months of the year 2000 when i was 17 um, of god speaking purpose to me and some of them were through some near-death experiences as well Mm. Um, but ended up you know in june 2000 giving my life to the lord with this real clear call from him of like come to me and and come into this bigger purpose mm-hmm. I have for your life. Um, and so that was just a big part of my my journey and getting getting pulled in. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts. Yeah, well, there. you're talking about this big picture. It's this, yeah. you know, monumental vision. Um, 
and I think many people would say, okay, is this your call to ministry? You're a pastor now, but um, could you explain just your connection with this vision and, and where you are right now? Yeah, I mean, we, if I look through my walk with God and even the years before because of being around some of the people I was around through my parents, lots of words over my life where people would speak and say, you know, we see leadership on you and mm-hmm. we see you going to the nations and those kind of words and they really resonated and landed in me as um, as being what God was saying over my life. Mm-hmm. And I carried on in my early days following Jesus, uh, traveling a bit with my dad as he would go around preaching different places and then went to YWAM and then went down to Bethel School Supernatural Ministry in 2003, um, got married in the summer of 2004, mm-hmm. and then we are back down at Bethel in the 2004-2005 second year school of ministry. Uh, Telsey and I, as a married couple, our first year married was in the ministry school. Hmm. And um, another really kind of significant moment in the journey for me was in the spring of 2005, I'm working for a landscaping company that a friend of mine owned in Reading, just as a ministry school student, trying to trying to pay our bills, trying to juggle everything. Yeah. And I'm pushing this lawnmower, just going about my normal routine at this one location. And out of nowhere, just this strong word comes to me, uh, feeling like the Lord's saying, I'm sending you back to Victoria sooner than you think. Hmm. And you're going to serve your dad and his ministry. And this is part of you receiving the spiritual inheritance that I have for you in your parents' legacy. Hmm. And it was so clear. It was just like right out of the blue. Um, if if I know anything about hearing God, you know, that was one of those moments. It was like this yeah. was way too clear, way too out of left field to not think that God was speaking to me. Yeah. And um, and so I have that word. I keep it to myself because um, I n- knew at that point Telsey wasn't super keen on coming up to Canada. We had spent the summer between the first year school ministry and second sc- second year school ministry uh, up here in Victoria. And she had had, you know, a bit of a tough summer. And, um, and so I kept that to myself. I was like, God, if this is you, you're going to have to do something. Cause we were like already planning to do third year at Bethel the next year. And we had internships lined up and all this sort of stuff. Um, about a week after that word that I heard from God, we were getting on a plane to go on a ministry trip with Bill Johnson as part of his ministry team. And we had a a window of time from when we were getting on that plane until we had to be back in school mm-hmm. in Reading was a two-week window. And we had a one-week trip planned with Bill. It was an amazing trip. We saw lots of miracles. And then we had this extra week still that we decided to stay on in England and uh, go minister in some other churches that we had direct relationship with people there. So the first place we go is a church in Surrey outside of London um, church that Jonathan Conrath, some of you might know, was a part of, and his pastor, David Palthorpe, uh, had invited us to come speak to their youth, and we spent the night at his house afterwards, and the next morning, mm-hmm. David says to us, hey, I feel like I have this word for you guys that God's just been speaking to me, and I want to share it with you, and he pulls us into his living room, and he just starts to 
give this word that he's been sensing and he goes for like 20 minutes hmm. and throughout the 20 minutes it was like felt like he was just reading my heart like he, wow. he was really hearing from the lord it wasn't like a bunch of weird stuff like yep. oh yeah maybe it was very much yep. this is this is from god and right in the middle of it these words come out of his mouth and god says I'm sending you back to Victoria sooner than you think, and you're going to serve your dad in his ministry, and it's part of you receiving this spiritual inheritance that's stored up for you in their legacy. It was like word for word what I had heard wow. while pushing this lawnmower two weeks wow. before. Um, really struck me. It was like, and because I'd heard it so clearly the weeks before, um, it was just undeniable that what David was saying was the same thing. Mm-hmm. And he added this piece that I often get uncomfortable talking about for whatever reasons, but it was after he said that part about it's part of you receiving the spiritual inheritance, he said, and there's something you've been receiving in this season during your time at Bethel that is a part of the ingredient God's bringing you that's going to add to what he's doing in Victoria for this awakening that's hmm. going to happen in Victoria. And so this is this word that I receive. And when David's done speaking to us, I just say to him, like, that part you said in the middle is like exactly something I heard from the Lord a couple of weeks ago. And that begins a dialogue with Telsey and I, because she was sitting there and, and hears this. And, and we're like, okay, Lord, like, we'll see. And when we get hmm. back to California from this trip to England, uh, sitting in our mailbox when we got home was the first letter I received from U.S. Immigration saying, your application for permanent residence has been denied and you're going to have to move. Hmm. And so it was just this this really, you know, clear thing coming yeah. from God of I'm sending you Victoria with purpose. And so um, August 5th, 2005, we moved back to Victoria, and always involved here at Life Tree at local church, serving with youth, preaching from time to time, all sorts of various things. Just always involved. Yeah, I just want to cut in for a second yeah. because I've heard a couple times so far in your story that you've been marked by these uh, incredible prophetic or supernatural experiences that have given you a sense of direction. And I know for myself, um, one of the things that I really struggled with was believing that I could hear God's voice for myself. And and you're a pastor and you're a ministry leader, so surely this must be uh, how you wake up every morning and, and the, the word of God speaks to you. Um, could you describe just your, your experience with God's voice? Is that uh, the case that the supernatural minister is this uh, something for me too? Yeah, I mean, I would say the stories that you're hearing right now are highlight moments. You know, sometimes I think we uh, read the scriptures and we hear these amazing stories and we forget that there's all this normal life in Hmm. between. Um, And so, no, I don't wake up every morning and have these clear words from God and then somebody phoning me with a prophetic word to confirm it two days later or any, any of this. Um, These are, these are these, unique experiences in life. Um, and I do have, you know, because of the context I grew up in and the time I spent in these schools, whether it be at YWAM or a ministry school down yeah. at Reading, 
you know, a lot of words spoken over my life from people that they sense God saying this, that, or the other thing and sharing it with me. And um, I did make a practice of writing those down. Hmm. I remember hearing from my dad, other people, and then when I was in Reading from Bill Johnson often about the value of stewarding these words and putting value on them by writing them down and rehearsing them. So there was that aspect for like sure that. of some prophetic words that I held on to and I would read and reread them and, and yep. put them in front of me uh, with the sense of like, okay, God, this is who you say I am. This is what I'm called to. But uh, a lot of just normal everyday life, a lot yeah. of, uh, you know, moments of reading my Bible and closing the pages and not feeling like anything profound had hit me, you know, um, and just carrying on day to day, you know, following Jesus. Yeah. I think that's, that's uh, why we chose one of the themes of this podcast is inspiring our listeners to take Jesus into everyday life yeah. because there are these uh, pivotal, uh, we call them maybe a mountaintop moment, yeah. but it's often just the ebb and flow of everyday life that we can almost become discouraged by because we're comparing to other people's highlight reel. Yeah. We're saying, oh, my story's not significant because I haven't been uh, taken up into the third heaven and seen rapturous images of angels yeah. calling me to uh, do this today. Yeah, yeah. Um, but everyday life, that's kind of the, the next season of your story. Yeah. You've, you've gone off to ministry school, uh, but now you're called back to Victoria. Yeah. Um, can you tell us about this uh, stage of your journey? Yeah, there was, um, so in those years, you know, we, we moved back here to Victoria, like I said, August 5th, 2005. Um, I've got this history of being in roofing because uh, my dad got me into it. That's what he had done as a trade for years. Yeah. And so I jumped back into that to pay the bills and be a good husband and take care of my wife. And, hmm. uh, and not long after moving back, um, we start building a family. Our first child, Elijah, is born August 10th. Sorry, not August, October 10th. Sorry, Elijah. 2006. <laughs> and, um, and so, yeah, I run, this, I run this business. Again, serve at the church. You know, go on a few missions trips here and there, things like that. Yeah. Um, and, and in it, though, there's this strong uh, thing inside of me. Okay, God, what is this all going to look like? You yeah. know, like there's a sense of calling on my life. And, uh, and what do I do with that? Mm -hmm. And I remember having this time with God um, probably around when our third child Monroe was born yep. in that season. So this is now, you know, 2010 and just asking God, like, God, what do you want me to do with my life? You know, I've got this sense of calling and you're here to change things. the world and you're, you're stuck changing diapers. There you go. And, uh, and, and I had just this, this clear, clear sense that God said to me, be faithful. Hmm. And that word stuck with me and, and it stuck with me all these years since there's just this mm. constant resounding thing I feel and sense from God saying, be faithful. Mm. And I'm really blessed to have people in my life um, who spoke words that were like, Hey, being a father, being a husband matters. This is your, yeah. you know, number one priority ministry. And so in it, you know, when I felt God say that, it was just this sense of like, I've got this 
this marriage. I have these children. I have this business. I have this, um, you know, area of ministry within the church, whatever that was at various times. Um, be faithful with it. Mm-hmm. You know, do it to the utmost. Do it as worship unto God. Realize that uh, that w- that we bring excellence to everything we seek to do and so seek to do these things yes. to the best of my ability and that was just a strong sense I had from God um, and that there's there's just no desire in me to want to self-promote or push doors down and try to break into new spaces it's like God if you have this call in my life I need you to make the way I need you to open up the doors um, did you feel that way when you're younger you know i've always had this um intense thing about me that was a uh, you know pushing the envelope yeah and so when i was younger anybody who knows me is familiar with a lot of the crazy things i was doing with my life <laughs> were a big part probably to do with just how i was wired to push the envelope and always into extreme sports you know cliff jumping and snowboarding and uh, things like skydiving really appealed to me and all of that um, and connected to that, then this this sense of calling. There was a lot of drive yeah. in me, and I feel like, um, you know, I, I had this I had this vision of my life as a Jesus follower when I first got saved. So in my late teens, early twenties, mm-hmm. that I was going to go off to some mission field and be in the jungle with people who had never heard of Jesus and and learn the language. And, uh, and if I died in the process, that was even better. Like this was just the, the way I was wired, you know, to mm-hmm. want to push and do things full bore. Um, and I feel like in this season of God just saying being faithful, he was reorienting me to realize like the kingdom of God comes in and affects every aspect of life. Yeah, And so it has to have an impact in parenting in marriage and how you run a business all this sort of stuff and and again you've already alluded to it i mean that's why we want to do this podcast talk about everyday impact talk about everyday people having an impact in the world through their everyday lives being influenced by king jesus yeah well, when we talked about um creating this podcast we threw a bunch of names out and one of them that I particularly liked was world changer. Yeah, yeah. And I remember as a, a younger man myself, when I felt a call of God on my life, it was this sense of like, when's it going to happen? Mm-hmm. Make it happen now. And when God puts a call in our lives, often there's this huge process. You've got this word you've been given at 17 years old and you've been watering that seed for 20 years. Mm-hmm. I think we want to we want to get there, but we often neglect the the little things like paying your bills on time yep. or uh, treating your spouse with respect and honor and um, being faithful in the things that don't seem to matter. But it's that life, everyday life of faithfulness, that builds a credibility in us to give us a platform to step into that place. Yeah, God has used your story, and He's. Uh, kind of sanded off some rough edges and he's shaped your character and um, and he's continuing to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, there is this principle we see in scripture, right? About he is faithful with little, will be faithful with much. Yeah. And I know in me, there's just this sense of like, God, don't, don't 
give me more than I'm ready for because I don't want to be I don't want to be crushed under the weight of something I'm not ready for or I don't want to mismanage and squander something that I'm not ready for. Mm-hmm. And so I think there really is this important posture for us to take where whatever we have been given in a present season, whatever we have responsibility for, you know, treat it with great value, great respect. Yeah. Um, honor the gift of God, whatever it might be, whatever it looks like, and steward it well. And and it's really as we learn to care for that well, you know, whatever promotion or increase that God wants to bring, let him give it and bring it in his time. Because yeah. it would be it would be sad to be, you know, given more than we can handle ahead of time. Yeah. There's a, another verse that says, humble yourself under the hand of God and at the right time you'll be yeah. exalted. And I take that to mean that if I haven't been exalted or, or promoted or the opportunities haven't come, it's either because there's more humility that needs to be worked in me or it's just not the right time yet. Totally. But God is, says he works everything together for his good. So even in this season, what is he working in me and what opportunities do exist? Yeah. Totally. So you've, you've gone through this season now, back to your story of, of just being faithful with um, your marriage, your family life, your business. Um, and then there's a, another step um, where things kind yeah. of open up for you. Yeah, I mean, so here we are serving in our local church, Life Tree, all these years. And um, there's transition starts happening around Life Tree. Um, you know, Jason Gertzen, who is associate pastor here for years, starts feeling this call to what he's doing now in leading influence, which is, you know, providing chaplaincy to our elected officials in the yep. uh, BC provincial government. And then my dad, who's been the senior leader here for years, is really feeling this call outward to um, various work with education in the nations, lots of work in Uganda, spending lots of time in India, uh, and doors opening up to other places of influence in other nations. And so he's just got this strong call to these things that um, that that give him a sense of like, I can't be the pastor of this local church and do these other things all at the same time. And so mm-hmm. I end up getting approached by... Uh, leaders within Lifetree to take on the senior leadership role here at the church. Mm. And that was a conversation that went on, I think, honestly, probably about a year and a half process talking about that. So throughout um, 2017, 2018, and then um, in June 2018, uh, it really settles where it's like, yeah, this is this is something we should step into mm. and all sorts of intimidation and fear <laughs> connected mm. with it, but a sense of like, this is what God is calling us into. And I often remember seeing this picture in my mind that uh, I don't quite know what this is going to look like, but I strongly feel this is the direction we're supposed to be going. Yeah. And it was like walking in a fog where you can't quite see what's next. But all I knew was I'm holding the hand of somebody that I can trust yeah. and, and he knows where we're going. Mm. And, um, and so, yeah, just a strong sense. Like this is what we're supposed to be doing. So June, 2018, it settles like, yep, yeah, let's do this. We, uh, we pulled together a group of, 
leaders within the church and, and start sharing. And there's a real unanimous like agreement for it. And so a date gets set for us to do this, you know, public moment on a Sunday morning where uh, they stand Telsey and I up in front of the church family and lay hands on us and bless us and uh, inaugurate us, if you will, into this role of senior leaders mm. of Life Tree Church. Wow. And um, it, we didn't realize it at the time, but the date that got chosen for this was August 5th. 2018 and it wasn't long after that date was set that it dawned on me that is like the exact date that we moved back to victoria from reading in 2005 so 13 years to the date um of moving back here with this word from god yeah uh, i get put into this position of senior leader here at life tree and so coming into this role and leading in the church now in this season has with it all this, you know, history of words. Yeah. Um, and there's so much more ahead that God has for us. It's not like you are, you know, now I'm in this position and, oh, I've arrived. And this is the end of des- the story. Destiny fulfilled, <laughs> you know. Um, but there is this strong sense of like there's an inheritance here yeah. in this church. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I oftentimes when I look at the... DNA and the culture of this church just am filled with gratitude for the foundation that was laid through my parents and Jason and Christine and others who were on team with them in the early years. Um, you know, there's just such a solid foundation here of authentic life. No, not wearing masks, but just being real people. Yeah. Um, making space for Holy Spirit to do what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. This passionate heart of worship that mm-hmm. will kind of drop whatever the agenda is if if we need to just kind of lean in deeper and go further and just so much richness you know with the prophetic with prayer with fasting i just even my uh, watching my dad for years his relationship with the word of god like all this stuff um Mm. i'm so grateful for and so there's this sense of rich heritage and also great hope for the future it's like i've got this word of awakening in victoria that sits in my heart this sense of uh, god having a purpose and a call on this city yeah and so it's just it's an exciting moment in the unfolding story of what god is doing here in victoria and and with this community that we have the honor and privilege of getting to lead in and we've got a podcast now we have a podcast starting yeah we're pretty excited about this yeah I love uh, what your story illustrates, just this example of, of a call of God coming into your life, and there's an increasing clarity that happens yeah. along the way. Yeah. It's not uh, that a blueprint drops into your lap at the age of 17, and you just check off the boxes. There's a sense of, I don't know where I'm going. Yeah. There's a, a mist, there's a haze, but I'm just learning to take each step to be faithful and to keep moving in this general direction. And it becomes clear along the way. Yeah. Yeah. And it really is, um, you know, you get glimmers of where you're going and what's coming and what's going to be built. Um, but more than anything, it it is still that thing of, I know whose hand I'm holding. I know who I'm walking with. Um, it's exciting. It's fun. It's hard sometimes for sure. Uh, but it's a great privilege and a great honor to get to to get to do. Yeah. 
So could you share with us, um, just as we wrap up, some of the um, disciplines and habits that you built to help you to hold on to this vision, mm. how to carry this seed for 20 years and not to, to give up? I'm sure you've had your, your challenges and your struggles along the way, but what have you found helpful for you as you've moved towards what God has called you to? Yeah, def- definitely discipline is a part of the um, the equation for me. And I feel like I got that a lot, again, from watching my dad. Um, my dad always was in the Word. My dad, for years, has been disciplined with uh, fitness and things like that, you know. And so mm-hmm. just a real commitment or, or even there were years where he would just fast and pray like crazy, right? Um, and, and so it's been... You know, and even in saying that, though, there is a piece um, when we talk about discipline that I think is worth saying. It's like we call them disciplines, but I even remember hearing my mom say this recently when she was uh, speaking here at Life Train on a Sunday, where she talked about them being more than Christian disciplines, being Christian privileges mm. that we get to do these things. Yeah. Um, but some of what them, some of what those are, are definitely like commitment to be in the Word. Um, I remember a number of years ago just getting struck with uh, the value of it. And I mean, in my early years following Jesus, again, because I watched my dad's example, I devoured the word. I would mm. just sit down and read entire books of the Bible um, in a sitting to kind of take in the big picture and things like that. But I remember in these years um, of raising a family, running a business, and that sense of calling we talked about before, be faithful. I remember uh, feeling like my relationship to scripture had dwindled and wasn't what Mm. it had once been. And I wasn't, you know, consistent in it. And I remember just being hit with the sense like, okay, you feel called to preach. Hmm. You need to be a man of the word. And it can't just be, uh, you know, you study hard when you know you've got a preaching engagement ahead. Hmm. Um, I remember hearing Bill Johnson say to us in Reading, how he committed never to read the word of God to teach it, mm. but rather to read it, to be transformed by it and then teach from that place. Yeah. And so I remember just making the commitment years ago, like I'm going to read through the Bible, the whole Bible at least once a year. Mm. Um, and I've been doing that for a number of years now and, and other things too. Like I do find, I have to find other ways to engage with scripture than just stick to that reading plan. Yeah. That's one thing that I do to just make sure I get the panoramic view of scripture on a regular basis. Um, but then it's digging into certain passages and meditating on them. Um, and the other thing being things like, uh, in this social media age that we're in, I remember similar to when I started really committing to go through the word regularly, feeling challenged like that my phone ought not be the first thing I pick up Mm -hmm. when I wake up in the morning nor the last thing I look at before I go to bed. And so it's been years now of that the the phone doesn't get picked up until after I've had this time in the morning where I connect in scripture and the phone gets put away and plugged in in the kitchen instead of in the bedroom so that when I go to bed at night, Mm -hmm. um, I'm not falling asleep right after being engaged with this device. Um, And then the other thing I would say, another discipline was this thing I mentioned it earlier of keeping the prophetic words in front of you. Right. Um, again, Bill Johnson really influenced me in this way, and that was, you know, write down these words that God has given you that really 
had the anointing on it and you feel are clearly from God and rehearse them, revisit them, reread them. Don't just let it be a thing that was spoken years ago. So I have this journal at home that's got all these words written in it that I will sit down from time to time and just read through it and you get reminded, right, that's mm. what God says and who yeah. he says I am. Um, I think of um, one of my favorite verses is regarding Paul's conversation with Timothy yeah. where he talks about uh, Timothy, the elders, they laid their hands on you. They gave you some prophetic words. Yeah. Take heed according to these words and um, go after them. Yeah, like Commit to them and keep them in your mind so that yeah. your progress may be evident. It may be observable. It may be witnessed to everyone around. Like you're actually, you're making progress towards this yeah. prophetic calling. And yeah. so um, thank you for just stewarding these words over your life because now we are a, a recipient of the fruit that's on your life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Coming back to Life Tree Church myself, I just felt like this is a place where I can sit under uh, under the grace that's in this community. Right. And, and that's something that you are stewarding for us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so uh, just to close, I was hoping, could you just pray over us as a community? Yes. Uh, for um, faithfulness, for a purpose, some of the things that God has placed on your heart that you'd release a blessing mm-hmm. over us. Definitely. There's just one more thing I oh, want to yes. add before I do. <laughs> and this is connected to, um, again, disciplines in life. And this one's a little different than something you'd call discipline, but I would just say this to everybody, um, doing life in relationship with people. You know, I feel like that's been a big key as well. Uh, keeping it real. You know, when I'm struggling when I am um, dealing with different things in my thought life or whatever might be going on in my life, not yeah. just having that, like, well, it's just me and Jesus and mm-hmm. we can get through this thing, but having community and friends who you are really transparent and real with, I think yeah. has been massive in this journey. Um, and we just have to maintain that. We have to seek that. That's that's where we grow, you yeah. know, in our personal relationship with Jesus, but also our more if you will, corporate relationship with his body mm-hmm. um, is, is vital. I'll pray. Bless you guys. Father, we thank you for all those listening in on this. God, I ask that you would fill them uh, with your word, that your spirit would speak to them purpose over their lives, and that you would give them fuel and motivation and vision to live in this faithfulness in their present season, whatever you have given to them to, in, to steward and to value. Lord, I ask that that would be the case for them, that they would value it mm. and they would do whatever you've put in front of them in this season with their best, with excellence, yeah. in honor to you, as worship to you. And we just do uh, pray for everyday impact in the lives of, of those who listen to this podcast in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Caleb, and thank you again for leading and showing an example of faithfulness. Thanks for recording this. It was so good to hear a bit more of Caleb's story fleshed out. Yeah. 
um, I think we hear bits and pieces of his story as he's up preaching quite often um, or just in conversation with him hearing a bit of it. But it was really cool just to hear kind of step back and see a a bigger part of the picture mm-hmm. all kind of wrapped up and and I know that Caleb is still on this journey and so what an encouragement just to see that um, this has been a long journey and he's been seeing some fruit come out of it but he's still on this journey and just like all of us we're still on this journey and yeah I'm just encouraged even knowing that it had been 13 years from the time that Caleb and Telsey came to Victoria and came back to Life Tree and started serving in the church um, to when Caleb became senior pastor. That, that's a long chunk of time yeah. to be faithful and to keep trusting in God that his word is going to be fulfilled. And totally. I know that that's still coming to pass. There's still more to the story, but just encouraging to to think about that in my own life and be able to say, Oh yeah. Like he was faithful for that long. I can be faithful for that long too. Totally. It it makes me feel like I I need to maybe chill out a bit. (laughs) I think of all these, um, heroes of the faith, people like Abraham or Joseph or Moses who had a dream. They had a call from God and it took them decades Mm -hmm. to experience that. And maybe even in their life, they didn't like Abraham. He only experienced a measure of it in his lifetime. And you know, I'm 28 now, but at the age of 21, I had this call and I thought it would happen overnight. But God clearly had another way of, of doing things. And I think it's the journey, it's the process, it's the, the little things in which God builds our character mm-hmm. and he builds our credibility to prepare us for those bigger things. Yeah. And we can't just jump ahead. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm just reminded of the verse in Luke 16, verse 10, and it says, he who is faithful in little will be faithful in much. And I think you guys actually brought that up in your conversation. Um, what a, an impactful verse to keep at the forefront of our minds. I can even see just as Caleb shared his story, you know, he was faithful in taking care of his family through all this time and, and in working to provide and, and at his job and in serving in the church. And he was just faithful in all these different things. And I'm sure some of the things that he was doing didn't always feel like they were directly correlating to what his calling and his purpose was, but I can really see that God has been able to use those things and been able to trust him with more and more as he's proven himself faithful. Um, And I think our dreams are a responsibility too. We are given responsibilities to take care of our family or to work at a job or whatever it is, but our dreams are also a responsibility. And if we can't take care of the responsibilities that are put in front of us, whether they're big or small, we don't have space to carry another responsibility. And so I think that God is just waiting to see us be diligent with what we've been given and to be faithful with a little so that he can give us more. And I think it's his delight to give us more. And if we can be faithful, he will because he is a generous God. And, mm-hmm. and you can even see that in, in so many stories in the Bible and, and in what Caleb just shared right now. 
Yeah. I love what you said. Our dreams are a responsibility. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, we need to look at our lives as, as more connected. It's not just these compartmentalized aspects. It, it all fits together. How you, how you take care of your kids. And um, again, back to Caleb's example of business responsibilities, that he's experienced a level of, of um, fulfillment in his calling because of the character that he's walked into. And that's the, the journey that each of us is on is saying, okay, what's the opportunity that's in front of me today? What are the things that I, I have to, to juggle mm-hmm. and how can I do those well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as we wrap up today, we bless you to be filled with hope and we encourage you to take a moment now to ask Holy Spirit a question. Holy Spirit, what is a simple habit that I can start today to keep me moving towards what God has called me to? Yeah. Thank you for joining us today and be blessed. We'll see you next time.